Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Father, would you help us? Would you lift our eyes, God, off the mundane and off the, the urgent? Let it see, Lord, into what you have for us, who we can become, what your plan is for us. God, we don't want to puddle around, Lord, with just the things of this world that do not last. We want to live our life for You. We thank You for Your help and for Your grace in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks, team. Thank you, Lizzie. Thanks for leading us. That's great. Thank you to everyone. Yeah, you can be seated. God bless you. Acts chapter 27, verse 39 and 40 and 41 are some verses that I've observed over the years to have a wider impact than what it just looks like as far as uh, the narrative of, of that incident in the life of the Apostle Paul. He's appealed to go unto Caesar and he's on the way to Rome where he's going to stand before the most powerful man in the world and plead his case for Christ. And so on the journey there, which they are going at a very dangerous time of the year, and Paul has warned them that they're really headed for trouble. But so far, they seem to be going okay. And then it says this, once they encounter the storm, it says, when it was day, they didn't recognise the land. They've blown so far off course. They don't know where they are, but they observed a bay with a beach onto which they planned to run the ship if possible. They let go the anchors and left them in the sea. Meanwhile, loosing the rudder ropes, they hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made for shore. But striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground and the prow of the boat stuck fast and remained immovable. But the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves. You know, that phrase, in the place where two seas met, there they ran aground, is something that I've observed year after year, time after time, when there are cross currents of circumstances or emotions or opinions. It's often in that place that uh, individuals and families and marriages and churches and businesses run aground. In the place where cross currents come, where there's a lack of agreement, where people are unsure and uncertain and live in that uh, space of I don't know and I'm not sure, when we stay in that place there, it's often there that people run aground. You know what it's like. You want to honour God, but you're afraid of what people think. That's a place where two seas meet. Or in the place where the Word of God says something to you, but on the other hand, your circumstances don't change. They seem to be exactly the same. And this is God, isn't God? Will God, won't God? Where am I at? You know, I believe in the grace of God, but then on the other hand, I see the flaws in my character. That's a place where two seas meet and two cross currents meet. And if you don't decide which current you're going to go with, this will happen to you like happened to Paul in that ship. You run aground, you get stuck. Your progress uh, just becomes uh, immovable. You, you no longer move forward. And I've watched that time after time in people's lives where they get into a place where something happens and they no longer move forward. I spoke last Sunday on just go forward. 
And uh, that message is there on YouTube on our channel, Metro Church WA. You can hear it again. I know that lots of people spoke to me about it and said that they felt God was speaking to them in it. But today I want to take you into the place where we get where two currents are and we stop moving forward because now there's these cross currents going. James chapter 1 and verse 8 says this, that a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. And then it goes on and says, let not that person think they'll receive anything from God. In other words, when we get into that place where we can't make up our mind or we don't make up our mind, where everything just puts us into paralysis mode, where everything puts us into, you know, I'm not sure so I won't go, then we end up in this place where we receive nothing. Proverbs 24, verse 21 and 22. This again is a verse, I've observed this in the lives of believers. It says this, it says, My son, fear the Lord and the King. Do not associate with those that are given to change. For their calamity will rise suddenly. And who knows the ruin that those two can bring? What's the two? The two is a, a circumstance, a something arising that is negative, that's contrary to where you want to go and a life that's given to change. Those two things will bring you to ruin. Those two things, having a heart that just goes, will I, won't I, which way, that kind of a, a mentality and contrary circumstances in life usually bring people to ruin in their life. And he says, don't hang around with people that live in that two-minded world. Those people who, who literally just can't make up their minds, don't stay with those. Last week, we read about Peter walking on the water in Matthew chapter 14. And the Bible says this in verse 30, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He never sank like a rock. He began to sink. Why? Because all of a sudden, his attention now was caught by two things. Remember the two? His attention is caught by Jesus in front of him who has called to him and said, come. Listen to me, because many of you here know that you've heard an internal word from God. You know that God has spoken to you, that God has said, this is what I'm going to do. Many of you here can point back to a prophetic word over your life where God spoke about you, where God said, I've called you, where God said, I'm going to use you, where God said, I'm going to bless you, where God said, I'm going to bless others through you. And you've heard that word of the Lord. And then all of a sudden, the winds of adversity and change begin to blow and things don't work out like you wanted to or like you hoped for. And all of a sudden, you find yourself beginning to sink. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, you begin to sink and all of a sudden, the, the things that you were headed, listen, the things you were headed towards, you no longer are heading towards. Now, instead of heading to Jesus, you are going down. Now, instead of moving towards that vision that God has for your life, instead of going forward with faith and hope and confidence, now all of a sudden you just begin to sink lower and lower and become more and more convinced that somehow or other it's never going to happen and you are not the right one. And I don't know what happened back there with that. And you say, oh, Jeff, that, that would be ridiculous. But Elijah the prophet in 1 Kings 19, if you read the story, he's done marvellous miracles 
disciples, but he gets to the point where he's like Peter. He begins to sink. Why? Because all of a sudden he gets caught in two minds. All of a sudden, it's no longer just the Word of the Lord. All of a sudden, it's no longer the, the cloud like a man's hand that forecasts rain. All of a sudden, it's no longer any of the great words from God. Now it's the voice of Jezebel and her voice distracts him and captures him. And it says in, in the beginning chapter, beginning of that chapter 19, it says, and when he heard that, he arose and went for his life. And I wonder what it is that you've heard that makes you, listen to me, I wonder what it is that you've heard that's making you arise and flee for your life. I wonder what it is that's making you go in the opposite direction, division. I wonder what it is that's making you move away from what God has ordained from you, what God has called you to. I don't know who you are, but I feel this morning like God has put me here to bring a word to some individuals that are in this place who've begun to doubt the vision, begun to doubt your call, begun to wonder whether it'll ever come to pass. And like the prophet Elijah, when you heard that, you began to flee. He never fled. He wasn't there overnight. He started walking away from the thing God had called him to. This power of of keeping your mind in the right space. Because Peter is committed to go to Jesus until the winds of adversity blow. And then all of a sudden it becomes maybe. Listen to this. I believe that more people are sunk by maybes than they ever are sunk by opposition. More people are sunk because they can't make up their mind to believe or don't. More people are sunk because something comes and starts sowing. You know what I've discovered? Doubt doesn't have to knock you out. It's just got to subtly move you. It's just got to get you to start wondering, is God really there? Will God really help me? Has God said that was the lie that the serpent told to Eve? Has God said? Well, He had. He had said that, but it didn't take, a, you know, a, an outright denial of it. It was just a question. What, what if? And maybe. And all of a sudden, this woman says, well, maybe I should try it. Maybe if I go that direction, it will be easier. And the devil will lie to you and tell you that your life will be easier if you are married to somebody else. Your life will be easier if you have a different job. Your life will be easier if you stop tithing. Your life will be easier if you walk away from God and stop being so highly committed. I believe that we all, myself included, we need to make up our minds to believe. I believe I need to make up my mind to believe. I Thank you for amening me. I need to, I do. And I'm not preaching this message to you or at you. I'm sharing with you what for me, I would think is a daily occurrence of going, God, I feel this, but that's what your Word says. And God, I, I, I think this and it looks like this. And I've got a choice every day of my life to do what Paul wrote to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that He is able to keep what I've committed. He says, I know and I'm persuaded that I'm committed 
and I'm going to go and God's going to keep that thing. I know I'm committed and I'm persuaded. The reality is that when we lose sight of Jesus and His call and purpose for our lives, we always wander. We always wander aimlessly. I remember seeing this clip. I'm going to show it to you. There was a TV show called Mythbusters. I don't know if it's still there. Uh, But I used to love that show because I'm a bit of a nerd, really. And I used to love that show. And, you know, they'd prove and disprove all these urban myths. And one of them, I'd never heard of it. But apparently it's a thing. And science doesn't know yet why this occurs. But if you go on YouTube, you'll find, I don't know, scores of these things about this particular thing. So let me just, well, let's just roll the clip. You have a look. And then we can talk. Welcome back. This is the Mythbusters After Show. The episode we're discussing today is Walking Straight. I'm going to get right into it. First question. I get it. Humans cannot travel in a straight line, but why? You never told me the why. Isn't telling us the reason behind the data part of your job? I actually did address that. And the thing is that, uh, that we're fluid. We're like, and, and I know a thing or two about this because uh, I've worked on uh, exoskeletons, things that, uh, that are intended to enhance uh, a human's ability to lift things or, or do certain things. And it's difficult to match the fluidity of movement that a human has. It's, we're not like this machine with wheels that are guiding you straight. And, uh, and so we tend to flow like water. But I will say that the assumption that our, ability, our inability to walk in a straight line is based on essentially compounded errors because we're a fluid mechanism, it's still just a speculation. I mean, every bit of research we did into people that have studied this phenomenon, nobody was able to come up with a definitive answer of why we seem to have this proclivity. I mean, it's an assumption, but nobody has tested, come up with a way of testing that proves the assumption. It's still just an assumption. So, I mean, in this, it's, it's we, you know, the answer is we really don't know. There you go. We don't know. But however, God does. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Another version says this, they wander aimlessly. And that whole clip, and if you'd seen it, or the whole lot, and I didn't have time to show it all, you see these people that are blindfolded and told to walk in a straight line between two posts. And every single time they end up walking in circles. They think they're walking straight. Go home this afternoon, go to your local park, (laughs) blindfold yourself and see what happens. Tell yourself, now make sure there's someone there to prevent you walking onto the road or walking into a tree or into a ditch. But the reality is that there's scores of these things on there. There's a group of kids on YouTube that go, we want to test it out. And they all do the same thing. And that's what we all do. We all walk in circles. Why? Because when you don't have vision of where you're going, you always wander aimlessly. Proverbs 29, 18 says exactly that. It says we end up walking in circles. And for some of you here today where your life has been captured by something other than where God's called you to go. Are you, listen, are you walking in circles right now? 
Are you going around the same old mountain? When the children of Israel refused at at the River Jordan to cross, when they looked at all the giants and said, we can't do it. Do you know what they did for the next 40 years? Go and look in a map of the Old Testament. You know what they did? They walked in circles. 40 years they walked in circles. That's a long time to just go round and round. And that tells me this, that some people can walk in circles for a long time in their life. I don't know who it is I'm speaking to today, apart from you, obviously. But I don't know who it is that the Holy Spirit is wanting to grab a hold of today and say, come on, stop walking in circles. Stop letting distractions, stop letting what you are hearing, stop letting yourself get caught in a double-minded space. Make up your mind to believe. So out of 2 Timothy 1 verse 12, let me give you six things you need to keep. Number one, keep your eyes on the goal. Paul writes to Timothy and says this uh, about it. He says, and I'm persuaded he's, under, he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. He says, I'm not looking at it right now, Timothy. I'm not looking at the jail I'm in. I'm not looking at the circumstances. I'm not looking at the fact that I'm under house arrest. I'm not worried about seeing uh, Caesar and appealing unto him and what that might end up. I'm not worried about losing my life because I'm looking at that day. There's a day coming. Luke 9 verse 51. Lots of us, we know the story of Jesus going to the cross, but we don't really always stop and ask ourselves, but what was his mentality? What was his thinking while he was going there? Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. When Jesus said, I'm going to the place where crucifixion awaits, He's not thinking about the cross. He's not thinking about Herod, not thinking about Pilate. He's not thinking about the high priest. He's not thinking about the scourging. He's not thinking about, it says for when the time, it came to pass when the time had come for Him to be received up. He's looking at what's going to happen after all this. He's going to be received up into glory. He's going to be the firstborn of many brethren. He's going to be the captain of our salvation. He's going to be King of kings and Lord of all lords. He's going to have written down on his thigh uh, the Word because that's who he is. He's going into the place where he becomes the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world and he sprinkles the mercy seat of heaven with his own blood for the Hebrews says, He entered not into the heavenlies without blood. He went there with his own blood. Why? Because Satan had polluted the whole of the universe. He had destroyed humanity. He'd taken people captive. And Jesus goes there to say, now it's done. I've done the whole thing. This is the end. That's what he had his mind on, that he was going to bring forth many sons and daughters into salvation. He prayed not just for himself and not just for his disciples, but he prayed for everyone that had belief. That's you and me. We were there on his heart and mind. When he received, was going to be received up. He set his face steadfastly. Look at that. He set his face, said, I'm going. He's not in two minds. Will I, won't I? He set his face and said, that's where I'm headed. I'm headed there. You've got to keep your eyes on the goal. I don't know what yours is. You know, I still remember when Rhonda and I left Brisbane 35 years ago, 35 and a half. And on that uh, night we left, it was the last night of 1987. 
And I remember, because uh, I was invited to preach and I preached on seven things God has taught me. Number one, don't quit. Number two, don't quit. Number three, don't quit. Number four, don't quit. Number five, don't quit. Number six, don't quit. Number seven was don't ever, ever quit. I think about that. And I remember the prophetic word that our pastor gave over us before we were about to leave literally less than two weeks later. And I remember the prophetic word that God was going to raise something up that would impact a lot larger than just a local church area. And I think about that. And there's been many times, by the way, or not many, but there's been some times along the way where I've wanted to quit. There's been some times where my wife has said to me, when I said, I'm going to quit, she says, oh, no, you're not. Now, that's not every week. That's happened once. <laughs> Just so you know. Some people think, oh, it must be terrible. No, it's actually such a blessing. You know, I, I look around and I see like all the nice stories we do and I go, what an incredible church full of incredible people. But, you know, you've got to keep your, your eyes on the goal. Secondly, you've got to keep your mind from distractions. There's millions of them. They're everywhere. Huh? All these things competing. This person did this, said this, whatever. Number three, you've got to keep your heart filled with grace. Keep your eyes on the goal. Keep your mind from distractions. But you've got to keep your heart filled with grace. It's not all up to me. I have confidence because of Jesus. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Every Christian ought to memorize this one. It says, being confident of this very thing, that He who's begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, listen to me, Christian. If He started you off, He's committed to finishing it off. Amen. And if it's not finished, you're not finished. And if you're not finished, it's not finished. Amen. Come on. I, I, I feel like some of you have been cemented in place. And today the Holy Spirit's getting out the jackhammer of His power and going, and some of you are going, no, 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 I don't like that. I don't like that. I've been here a long time. He's going, and He intends to leave you out. Listen to me. He intends to leave you out of that small space that you've built around your life. So I need to keep my heart filled with grace. He that's begun a good work, not up to me. Oh, thank God. Can I just have a little dance for a minute? I'm not a dancer. That's about as good as it gets. If anyone's ever seen me at a wedding dancing, you weren't there. I'm not a dancer. I wish I was. But anyhow, that's got nothing to do with it. But can I have a little dance for a minute just to go, thank God for God's grace. Thank God that it's not all up to you and your ability and your prayer life and how good you are. Because quite frankly, none of us in this building or online are good enough. Amen. Just turn to your neighbour right now and say, chill out, you're not good enough. Here's number four. Keep your eyes on the goal. Keep your mind from distractions. Keep your heart filled with grace. Keep connected. Now listen, I'm going to say this differently than I've ever said it before because I think the difference is important. Keep connected to trusted others. 
I've, I've thought about this a lot because, you know, we're big on connection here at Metro. That's why we have Metro Life. That's why we have all these ministries and all these opportunities to serve. But I've come to understand it's actually not about connection. It's about do you have connection to trusted others? Are there people in your life that you are trusting and you are letting into your life? Who can speak to you about your life? Well, God can. I'll let God talk to me. Well, that's really good, but sometimes he's sent along a donkey. Amen? Some of you look at me like, what? It's the story of the Old Testament, Balaam and his donkey, and the donkey spoke to him. And I just think sometimes God sends donkeys to talk to you. And you're waiting for, you know, for a Billy Graham to turn up. That would be a little bit hard, I think, right now. But anyway... Or you're waiting for, you know, Craig Groeschel or whoever you're, you know, if Joyce Meyer told me. No, trust me. Sometimes God will send a donkey because it's actually not about who delivers it. Is there somebody you trust? Amen? Don't all look at me like that. <laughs> who do you trust? Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says two are better than one because they've got a good reward for their labour. For if they fall, one will lift up what? His companion. A companion is someone I'm walking with, not someone who I follow on Facebook. You know, my wife Rhonda is followed by famous people on Instagram. She really is. And I go, why aren't they following me? But they don't. They're not interested in me. So Rhonda is this, you know, and she's not chasing them. She's not after. They, she'll get, she'll say, oh, so-and-so. And I go, really? Wow. They're famous. But, you know, none of them are turning up to our house. Amen. Do you have anybody, listen to me, do you have anyone to lean on? Huh? Who you got to lean on? If you don't have anybody, you better start building that kind of relationship with someone. I don't mean in some weird way. <laughs> Luke, I've decided you're the one. <laughs> you know what that's like? Somebody, you ever been to a church where it was like if a, a single man or a single girl walked in? <laughs> Doesn't happen here, I know that. Too godly? Just thought I'd put it out there. Here's number five. Keep your ears open to the Holy Spirit. Every one of the seven churches in Revelation, Jesus finishes off his speech to them, his message to them and says, he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Here's a question for you. Are my ears tuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit? If God spoke, would I hear it? Amen. Some of us, we know more about what the newspaper's saying, what our news feed's going on about. We know more about the latest surveys than we do about the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that to be judgmental. I'm just like you. I want to hear Him more. Amen. My prayer every day of my life is, Jesus, would you guide me? God, please, I want to hear you. I never want to get so full of I know that I'm not open to hearing you and what you want to say to me. Am I tuned 
to the Holy Spirit. Here's number six, last one. So you've got to keep your eyes on the goal and keep your mind from distractions, keep your heart full of grace, keep connected to trusted others. If you don't have someone like that, by the way, why don't you pray and say, God, would you help me? Maybe I need, need to change if I'm going to have a relationship like that. Maybe I just need to look harder. Maybe I need to start at square one rather than square 100. Keep your ears open to the Holy Spirit, number six. Sixth thing you've got to keep is keep going. Isaiah 30 and verse 21. Listen to this. Watch this verse. It'll be up there in the screen for you. It says, your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way walk ye in it. When? Not when I'm going, oh God, I haven't heard in God and God. He says, whenever you turn to the right hand or to the left, he says, that's when I'll speak. Listen, God doesn't always tell you everything, but he says, I will tell you when you start making a misstep. But he doesn't talk to the stationary. I don't mean the E-R-Y, I mean the A-R-Y. He doesn't talk to the stationary, those that aren't going anywhere. He says, when you turn, he said, you're already moving. Guidance comes to things that are in motion. You don't steer a parked car. There's no point. If I want to see and I want to hear and I want to get out of that space of, you know, the double-mindedness, if I want God's guidance, I've got to start moving. That, listen to me, that means sometimes you've got to make up your mind. You can't be one of those Christians that hides behind, well, Lord, if it be thy will, and Lord, if I get a letter from Belgium tomorrow and it has in it a $50 note and a sign saying, I'll know that it's you. Yeah, well, dust, so would my dog. Like, hello, that's not hard. Amen. I believe that God wants us to make up our minds about the things that he's put in front of us. Father, help us today, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, you never come to condemn, and Lord, this word is not to pour pressure on anyone. But Lord, I believe you're speaking to some people today that are in a place where they've just gotten used to not moving. And they've gotten used, Lord, to living in uncertainty and allowing that uncertainty to be the loudest voice. When it comes to going forward, Lord, we want to be the people that move with you. So, Father, I pray that you'll help us. Lord, I pray for anyone here who's, you know, will I, won't I? God, but what if you don't do it? God, we want to strike out into the deep as you told the disciples. Go out into the deep and let down your nets. But, Master, we have toiled all the night long. Nevertheless, at your word, we'll let down the net. When they did, they encompassed a great draft of fishes so much so they were in danger of the net breaking and the boat sinking. There was so much abundance and so much harvest, they had to call for their partners to come and help them bring in the harvest. Father, let us be those people who say, nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, come on. I don't know who you are, but I know that the Lord is speaking to some people here about things that he's called you to do. And you've put it on the shelf and it's almost like you're waiting for God to come and take it off the shelf. And he said, I want you to take it off. I want you to start going. 
You go, oh, but what difference would it make? Well, who knows? But you'll never know if you don't start. Father, help us, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, you're great. I want the team to come. We're just going to stay seated a minute and just sing it again. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds your hands has made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, your power throughout the universe displayed. But you know, God didn't do that just so that we could look up at a starry sky. He did it so that something would expand inside of us. We don't just sing how great God is because if we're connected to Him, His greatness touches us. I believe it. I really do. I don't believe in the greatness of Jeff, but I do believe in the greatness of God touching Jeff. I do believe in the power of God to build a life larger than what you are capable of achieving. Oh Lord, you sing it. Christianity stands alone amongst every of the panorama of belief systems that exists around the world. Whether it's the success idea that if you just try harder, the secret, or whether it's some religion that's been there for even thousands of years. But only Christianity has got a Redeemer. Someone who said, I'll pay the price for your life. Only Christianity has got a Saviour. One who says, I'll come and save you, I'll, I'll rescue you. Only Christianity's got a grace giver. Somebody who'll keep walking with you and keep bringing grace to your life. Somebody who doesn't just say, there you go, try harder. Try and keep these rules, whatever the rules are, whether it's a rule about how much you meditate and find some inner space or whether it's a rule about all the things you have to do, whether it's that, the only one that I know of is Christianity that says, you know what? We don't just say, well, too bad, we're human after all. As Rag and Bone Man saying, don't put your blame on me, I'm only human after all, but I thank God there was an answer to that. There was an answer that 
calls upon the name of Jesus and says there's someone who will save you from out of the depths of whatever you got into in your life, no matter how successful you look outwardly, He says, I'll touch you on the inside. I'll save you. You will be born again of the Holy Spirit. That's not a cliche, no matter how many people have used it as that. Well, I'm born again. No, Jesus said it. Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, something has got to happen on the inside of your life. Keep trying all you like, good that that is. But something's got to happen on the inside to transform you. And the only way that'll ever happen is not with the try harder gospel, but with the receive Jesus gospel. Jesus, come into my life. He said in the book of Revelation, I stand at the door and I knock. What does it take? You know, if someone came to my door this afternoon, I'd open the door and I'd say what? I'd say yes. Yes? Can I help you? What do you want? And if it was Jesus and He said, I want to come into your life. I want to live with you. Come right in. Your yes opens the door. I want to pray with people right now, wherever you are in the building, online, online in the time to come. You're going to say your yes to Jesus. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right where you are. A prayer that says to Jesus, here's my yes. So if that's you, why don't you pray it with me right now. Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me. I want You to be my Saviour, to save me, to forgive me. Come into my life. Help me. I want to walk with You for the rest of my life. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, for anybody who prayed that prayer, online or wherever they are, and they send in their yes. Lord, thank You for them. Thank You for salvation coming to their life, to their home, not just to them, but Lord, it'll overflow into their loved ones. It'll overflow around about them. They'll become a light. Where before they carried darkness, now they'll carry light. Where before, Lord, they carry the odour of brokenness and sin. Now they'll carry the fragrance of eternal life. Thank You for that in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Let's give those people a big hand and say, well done. That sings my soul. Before you do that though, if you send in your yes to the number up there on the screen, 0488 or if you're outside of Australia, or you'd rather get our encouragement via email, you go to yes.metrochurch, one word, .org.au. Once you send that in, our team here, and they're here this morning, our team will send you a Bible verse and a prayer every day. They're different each day. Different Bible verse. I want you to know it's no AI machine that does it. There's no algorithm for it. It's people there and you can actually ask them questions. We never write and ask you for anything. We are, only time we ever do anything else is we'll tell you when the next water baptism's on so you can follow Jesus like that. But other than that, we want to be a part of letting God speak to you every day of your life. Fits on one screen of a smartphone. Why did you send in your yes? 0488 yes you got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Come on, before we go this morning, let's stand and we're going to sing the chorus again and sings my soul. Let your heart ring with it. Go out of here today and say, Lord, I've made up my mind. My Savior God to Thee, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. How great, how great thou art. we'd love to pray with you if you need prayer. Maybe you're walking through something you'd like to have a trusted companion, John and Trudy, will be out in the prayer space.